rambling in Havana I took a little risk Send lawyers, guns and money Dead, get me out of this Welcome, everyone, to episode 52 of the Matt Jones Podcast. It has been a while. It's actually been like three or four weeks since we've done one of these. We went to all the political conventions, and then we've been doing our tour across the state, and this got behind. But we are hoping to keep this on a regular pace. We've got uh, this week, Tony Vanetti is going to join me to catch up on what's happened over the last month. And then Dan Wolken is at the Olympics in Rio de Janeiro, and he will talk to us as well. We did that interview on Skype. It doesn't sound great, but it's uh, it's good. It's good, and he he has really great stuff to say because he's been to all these events. Also, notice that we actually start that mid answer because the first two minutes uh, I forgot to record. So, like my intro of him, Dan Woken from USA Today Sports, gets cut off. Um, as does the first question. But you get most of his answer, and you, know, you also get the mix-up where at the beginning I called him Dan Wetzel, which I'm friends with both of those guys, and that was really embarrassing. So it was not the worst thing in the world that I forgot to record that. So uh, luckily, that goes away. So, and uh, for, by the way, next week I'm going to have Ian Eagle from CBS Sports joining us and a guy named J.D. Vance who wrote a book called Hillbilly uh, Elegy, which is one of my – favorite books I've read in a long time, and we'll talk more about that uh, later on. So with that said, let's get started. This episode is sponsored by Blue Apron. Been a while since we've had Blue Apron. Now remember, the, here's the thing with Blue Apron. They will send you for less than $10 a meal a recipe with all that you need. They'll send you all the food you need for a really great meal. I have used these, and I have to tell you, I can't even, I can't even cook. And this still makes it to where you can have a really good like gourmet meal. You can cook it. They have all the ingredients, including cool stuff, whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaska salmon, uh, whatever you want. Chicken, they'll all send it, and it's also local food, so it makes it to where it's like food you know, processed in good farms, etc. So make sure to go to Blue Apron. That's blueapron.com slash KSR. And if you do blueapron.com slash KSR, they're going to give you your first three meals free along with free shipping. You cannot do better than that. Blueapron.com slash KSR, slash KSR, first three meals free. I promise if you try it, you will like it. That that I can guarantee you, first three meals free, blueapron.com, slash KSR. With that, let's get Tony Vanetti in here. All right, uh, now happy to be joined after about a month since we've been able to talk with him to my good friend Tony Vanetti. Uh, Tony, how's it been? I've missed you. It, you know what? Where have you been, dude? You're like traveling all over the state, making trouble. What's going on? Yes, there was there was a little trouble, but you know, we went to the conventions and uh, and a lot more. You actually said before you came on, you, you you've moved offices, you've moved from the talent side. You're now sitting with management. You have officially become an old man. You're a suit now. They, uh, I've I've been in the sports pit with the news uh, reporters for, I mean, 15, 16 years, whatever it is, man. And, and they were like, look, you're now sports director. You have to move on the row. So the row is those row of offices. You're you're, you're totally an old man now. I mean, seriously, like, (laughs) like the last vestige of Tony Vanetti as a rock and roll DJ literally just withered away when you walked into that office. (laughs) Look, 
here's the thing. The best thing about it is the door can shut. So, cause you know, the person at the office to where you're trying to work and they're standing at your desk, trying to talk to you about the rerun of the walking dead. And you're, and you're like, look, and you give them the look away. So you go from your keyboard to look at them and you go, Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they go right back to your screen to type and they still don't go away. Come on. <laughs> See, that's the great part. See, no, but a lot of these folks aren't don't listen to this, so that's fine. But we work with people who are, who will not leave you alone. Like, and and Tony, <laughs> here's the thing: Tony in the office is like the cool kid in school that will talk to the dorks, and so the dorks are all like he's the one dude that will talk to him. So like they all hover around him because it's like you know Johnny Rock and Roll Star will acknowledge their existence. It's actually very sweet and. One of the reasons I think you're a very good person is that you will be king of the dorks, but you really are. And they're going to be sad now because they don't get to hang out with the dude that's with the cheerleader anymore. They have yet to speak to me. They are so upset that I have abandoned and I've moved all my stuff off the desk. So it's like, it's just an empty, it's like a, I'm just, I should put a tumbleweed in my seat. <laughs> I'm going to miss you too, although I'm moving to Lexington. So and speaking of that, we haven't talked since I made that decision. Uh, we'll talk about why in a minute, but moving to Lexington, are you going to miss me? Like we're not going to be, I mean, I'll see you some, but we're not going to get to see each other every day like we used to. Uh, it's been, uh, you've been here what, five years, six, six. years? Six, be six in September. So what bad habits have you acquired by living in Louisville? Is there anything that you didn't do before that since you've lived in Louisville that you do now? No, I mean, I have no bad habits. Listen, I live I live a fairly sedate life, but I will like I really do. I mean, I talk about this on the radio. I really do love where I live there in the Highlands. I think it's awesome. I love being able to walk to stuff. I am going to miss it. I mean, I'm going to miss Louisville. There's also for me a little like – anonymity in Louisville that I really like especially in the Highlands because nobody I mean mm -hmm. they've never even seen a ball in the Highlands mm -hmm. for any sport but I also <laughs> <laughs> I also enjoyed being I enjoy the thing I liked about our building I enjoyed seeing Shannon every day and I enjoyed you know hanging out with you and some of the other folks I mean I like that building I am going to miss it so is there a is there a Tony Vanetti, Terry Miner, Shannon no. dude in, in Lexington? Well, the thing is, Lexington has no talk radio. Like, there's no ta – like, there's – I mean, the closest thing, there's a dude named Dead Air Dennis that's there. Yeah, I know Dead Air. And I, yeah. like, and I like Dennis a lot, but he's – you know, Dennis – Dennis sort of left his uh, uh, his conversations in 1993, and so like you're still having to like you know Tony in, in Dennis's rock studio. They had a contest in like 1994, which was send it women send in your underwear with your name with your phone number on it, and we'll draw a oh, pair yeah. out for Aerosmith tickets. Right? Yes. Yes. And he oh did that a million times. Oh, yeah. you did that too. Oh yeah, we did it. We did a. We did everything. Was how stupid can we do this contest? So it was all sending in underwear. Like that was the contest over and over. Oh yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You always ask for bras or underwear at some point. <laughs> what I mean, did you, you do? You that? had to do that. But what was so like? What explain to me what is cool about having just random underwear? Oh, and and then by the way, we would get. Um, we, you know, we would get boxes and we'd have boxes and boxes of girls underwear with phone numbers on them. I mean, you think three or four people would send them in. They would start coming in by the truckload that next week. It would take about a week to start building momentum. 
and then you would have just bras and underwear parked in there with phone numbers written on them. It's it's just uh, it's it's something you do, man. People think you know, it's something you did. Rock you, I was gonna say it's something you did. People didn't do it now, but anyway, he has him from the Aerosmith concert, and and he literally. Tony, that studio, it, they're just hanging up all over. There's like a, there's like 300 of them. And it's this little studio. And now the, that underwear is all over 20 years old. So it's kind of oh. it's, it's gross, right? And oh. But but Dennis still thinks it's awesome. And so Dennis is still like, yeah, rocking with the underwear. You know, and it's like it, – it, it, that, so so I'm I'm moving from Tony and Terry to, uh, to, to the Dead Air Dennisville. Uh, and you know what? And you know, look, at some point, how do we help him with that, though? How do we get that? I, there's nothing down, to do. He he of. doesn't care. Right. Like like the thing yeah. is, he's like he's you know. There's that Bellamy Brothers song. He's an old hippie and he doesn't know what to do. Well, he's an old mm-hmm. rocker and he doesn't know what to yeah. do. And I say you just let yeah. him hang on to the old. There's no reason to try the new. I think he's, he's see that's right. why. See, you're judging me, but that's why I jumped out of the plane and pulled the the, the parachute. All right, because you did. You completely like, got rid of that life. You were just like, I'm not yeah, even going to try yeah. to do it anymore. No, I had to. I had to move on. I told you, I went to one of the last straws was going to a concert. It was a Buck Cherry concert. <laughs> of course, and I it was, was standing there in the in the back. Remember? Yes. And and the girl, this girl had uh, chaps on. And and I don't even know if she had underwear or not on, but the boyfriend had her on a leash, and 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 it, I lost my mind. And yeah, I went didn't over you there say that? that by, yeah, didn't you say you like you thought what would your parents think, right? And that's when you I knew went you over were, and snatched her by the arm and I said, "Do you uh, you understand what your father? Would, if your father could see you right now?" And they both looked at me like, "Dude, what's your malfunction?" <laughs> and I and at that point, I said, "I can't." I can't. I can't do this anymore. And now you've not- completed it. Like you've lit. Here's what you've become. Right. Like 25 years ago or 20 years ago, you were like George W. Bush, Obama in college. Right. right. And now right. you've become them as president. <laughs> like right. And you look back and you're like, yeah, I had some crazy times. And then you go and and like you're now Obama looking at Malia going, did you really smoke weed at Lollapalooza? Even though he can't say a word about it because he did the same thing back in the day. Oh, I mean, and the ego, you would not want to be around me 20 years ago. It was, it was a lot of fun, but I could care less of any words coming out of your mouth. Most of the time, people would talk to me, and i go, why is this person still talking? And then you uh, get mad look, when I do that. <laughs> yes, because I know, that, I know that you're going to be me in a little bit later. That's why I try to I'm warn you off I, that, going, trust me, don't do this. I, I don't really do that. By the way, what are you going to do with your kids? Like, let's, let's, let's ask you the Malia Obama question. Like, what are you going to do when your kids do the things you did? Like, do you feel like you can even tell them not to? Or do you just say, like, they're going to just do it? These kids are not the same. These, this generation isn't like what we did. Look, we, well, I grew up in a generation of, uh, you know, the, 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 the keg stands and, the, and yeah, everyone drank beer. but that's not beer. true. You did a little more than that. I mean, and like, but, but like, oh, look, yeah. so let me put you, put yourself, like, again, let's use your, your President Obama, all right? Like, you've admitted that when you were in college, et cetera, you experimented with drugs. Malia gets oh, caught. Yeah. Malia oh, yeah. gets caught at Lollapalooza smoking weed. What can he really say to her that's not hypocritical? No, nothing. No, nothing. And, and, and to tell you the truth, that is, um, you know, that's to each family. I mean, you've so got what to can be you? So what are you going to do? That's what I'm asking. Like, what are you going to do? 
No, you're you're asking me. You gotta understand. I've been sober for almost ten years now. I, I'm I'm a I'm a tyrant in the house. I don't have there's not booze in my house, and I've told. So, but but so you're just you're so do. you're saying you're going to be hypocritical. Yo, absolutely. <laughs> and look, you're, but what? Know. But what do you do if your kid says, "Look, Dad, you did this when you were 18. You did worse." And I'm gonna say, "I hope you can smoke that joint with no teeth, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I swear to God, if I catch you with marijuana, see, look, you, there's zero. But you time. know that's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. You know that it didn't work on young here's Tony. Here, here's the thing: being a parent is all about being a hypocrite. Okay, absolutely. Okay. All right. You got to be a hypocrite. So you're okay with it. So you're going Absolutely. to you're going to be the way your folks and authority was to you. You've, you've you're going to be authority, even though you used to hate authority. No, 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 no. I always hated authority. Uh, authority. I was always had. I always had the most demerits in school. I always one of those guys that was in the most detentions every year. Had that record. Had that trophy. That was me. Never stand in line, guy. But my parents were not that like my mom found some marijuana I had, but she's the mom that would move it just to let you know she found it. Right. So it was like a lot of Catholic guilt. You understand when you grow up in a Catholic house, <laughs> it is all about guilt. So the word, you know, she wouldn't even take it. She would find the papers and the marijuana and then she would, she would stack them on a different dresser just to let me know she found it. Right. And did it and, work? Did the guilt work? No, no, of course not. I was so glad I still had it. Uh, but especially if it wasn't mine, but, uh, but you gotta understand my, also my graduation, I was 18 years old, my graduation and my proms. I mean, I went to junior prom with a girl at Sacred Heart and her dad bought us the booze and, and paid for the hotel room. Yeah. You couldn't okay? do that. Okay. This now. is 19, yeah, you couldn't do 1985, 86. Well, I mean, some people may do it's it, but, but you get in a lot more trouble with it now. I want to take a second just to interrupt you to talk about Harry's razors, harrys.com. Look. I've told you about them for so much, you know them. It's the best shave you can get, but now you can get that shave and also help the podcast. Harry's owns a factory in Germany where they make the blades, they produce high-quality razors, and sell them online for half the price of drugstore brands. If you don't believe me, go to a drugstore. See how much razor blades cost. Now you get them delivered to you, right to your door, better razors. You don't have to go to the drugstore. How are you going to beat that? When I, when I shave with Harry's, I know it's going to be the closest shave you can get, and you're not going to get cut, and quality is 100% guaranteed. If you don't like it, they'll fully refund you. And for a limited time, here's our offer. Shaving cream, a razor handle, three five-blade cartridges, and a travel cover, $10 with the promo code MATT. Stop it right now. $10 with the promo code MATT. Harry's.com, promo code MATT, that's for the podcast. Harry's.com, get started. When you shave with Harry's, you won't shave with anything else. Back to it. Well, let me ask you, as you, oh, know, no, no. you, as you know, I've ended up, uh, the reason I'm moving to Lexington, have a new uh, television show, which you may be part of in, in some forms as well. What do, you, what do you make of that? You know, it's been years since we did TV together. We were, in my opinion, the times I did KSTV with you was when KSTV was the best. I, miss, I don't miss KSTV as an entity, but I miss doing the shows with you. What do you think of this new, uh, this new endeavor I'm going into? Uh, I, I gotta agree with you. The times that you and I were on the show was, uh, I think people were like, what is this? Like, what, what is going on here? Uh, and we would kick each other in the face on, uh, on television. It was fun though. It was a good time. It was fun. It was, uh, the lighthearted and fun, uh, with this new show. Look, I, I, I openly ridiculed your starting the podcast. I, 
behind your back, in front of your back. I was ridiculing you uh, with like I would tell the co I would tell the coworkers I was like, why does Matt Jones think that we need three more hours of Matt Jones? This yeah. is ridiculous and will fail. Uh, and then what happened? It's been a huge success. So I was wrong on that one. That's for sure. Uh, so, but I think this TV thing is, it's, you know, look, you translate really well. Some people cannot do that. Some people can just do radio, sit in the corner, put the headset on and do that. But you translate to television very well. I, I have no doubt that that thing is going to be really successful. Well, you know, t- you know, this from the TV, like you're, you're, you are a, a really good TV presence, um, as well. And, and the thing about TV that's different, like, Radio is about taking a little nugget and making it 15 mm-hmm. minutes, right? Mm-hmm. TV's the exact opposite. It's about making yep. 15 nuggets 30 seconds long. They're two totally different skills. I don't yes. I'm better at the taking the small and making it long, but I'm I, I'm going to try to continue to get better at the opposite, but it is Tony, it is a totally different skill. I don't think people realize that. Oh no! Absolutely, and you gotta you you know that's exactly right. It's it's about condensing that thought into something in the next couple of seconds, which you and I don't do on our long form, especially on this podcast. Yeah, no, this podcast is the exact opposite of that. But but right, but right, but you have to you do have to kind of it's 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 a different movement level. The one good thing about this, and I do this on my radio show, and I think to some extent you do it on my on my two hour show. I am getting through 20 topics. Like, I'm racing through a lot of stuff because I think it keeps the show fun and interesting, whereas there are people, you know who it is, you know lazy sports hosts who will sit down with one topic and just go for two hours. So right. I, I almost do radio a little bit more uh, like television. I think radio is harder, don't you? I mean, I think TV, you oh. can teach any goober to do TV after a while. You no, know, there's, there's no doubt about it. If you're not hideous to look at, you're, you're good to go on television after a while. It, radio is an island. You are on an island all your own, especially you and I where our shows are. And, uh, you know, HAS has got a lot of elements to it, and there's other stations that have a lot of elements to it. You and I, like our first breaks, it, most of the time are 20, 20-something 20 minutes long. That's how we start the show. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it's like, go. And that's just the first break. I mean, I, w- I would love to uh, just, hey, uh, go. You think it's easy? Go 20 minutes now on opening yeah, you can't uh, your And I can't do it by but, myself. I mean, there are people out there who can sit there and do it by themselves. I cannot. I, the Terry Miners can. Uh, Zach McCrite can. I cannot. I have to have somebody to bounce off of. And that's... Well, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing about television, too. Like, you, like statements that you and I make on the radio, people just take it as a grain of salt, and it's not that big a deal. Exactly right. Can't you, do it you, on TV. You... You you do that same thought You're exactly right. on your half hour television show and stuff is going to hit the fan. You can't like it's amazing how that's the case. Like, I, let me ask you: this. Do you think I could have interviewed Katina Powell on TV? No way. I don't think that I could have either. I, I don't think you could, no. which doesn't make any sense if you think about it. But you're right, you can't. And also, people give you some benefit of the doubt on radio. So on radio, you can kind of stammer around, look for your sheet of paper. You know what I mean? And like people give you the benefit of the doubt. On TV, they expect it to be precise, no errors. Well, here's the other thing, too. People that call, people that listen to your and our shows, right, are pretty savvy in sports or they know the backdrop, right? We don't have to explain it to them. When you do television, you got to almost dumb it down yeah, you to do. where you totally. got to boil boil it down to the basics there of like you've got to assume 
the person that's talking or listening or watching us now doesn't they don't know the backstory. I used to be shocked when I did KSTV that there were a lot of people out there who only knew me for that. Like, didn't even know I did a radio show. Because the television audience, A, it's older. And I think this is even more true now. It's an older audience. But it's it's also a more general audience. There will be people who will flip the channel when I do this show on WLAX who will get to me and not even know like they've never seen me in their lives. And they're like, and, why, why is this person, why has he replaced Inside Edition? Yes, and there'll be people that from your radio show tune in to that uh, television station just for that half hour, and that's it. So they'll lock in you, they'll find you, and, uh, and that's yeah. it. So it's, again, people are Well, it will take there, some time. Uh, no, it's going to take some time. I mean, like, I, 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 yeah. you know, the, the, the WLX people really want me to – like blasted out first night and I'm, I'm hesitant to do it. Cause I'm like, you know, it may take me a little time to make this show good. You know, it's not like right, the kind of no, thing no. that's going to be the first night. It's going to be awesome. Now the hope is it's going to be like PTI me and somebody else. And that somebody else rotates every week, every night. And I think you're going to do it, uh, hopefully occasionally live, but most of the time probably on Skype. Uh, are you excited about getting to a new audience of Lexington? Like people in Lexington don't know who you are, but I think you will be a hit well, there. Just from the beginning of this interview, you said there's not a lot of talk shows in Lexington. I need to I need to get a show in Lexington from maybe 10 a.m. to noon. <laughs> no, but I, in all in all seriousness, I, I made this case, and look, I don't. You know, we, we won't go into details, but I think anybody that listens to my radio show knows there was a hassle uh, last week. And I made the case to my radio bosses in those conversations of, take someone like Tony. All right, I, I'm not kidding about this. If you are my co-host for that TV show and people like you, it, it is not ridiculous to think the underdogs could be on in Lexington. Like, why couldn't they? You know, I mean, I, right. it, so... Sure. I, I actually think it's a good end to getting you all on in Lexington if it's used properly. Um, I'm all in. I mean, are you kidding me? That's a whole new market for us, even though I know 790 creeps into Lexington. or It creeps to the edge, uh, to the very edge, but not not to downtown. And you could – I mean, I I don't know why that wouldn't be be helpful. I mean, I think you have seen on your show – an influx of Kentucky fans since you started being associated with us. Am I right about that? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they're, they fill out. A lot of days, the, uh, the majority of the calls are Kentucky fans. They, they really are. I mean, it's, uh, there are times UofL fan in the summer is just bye-bye, but Kentucky fan is pretty Why, why do you think that's, that's different? That's right? sure. Why do you think that's the case? You know both fan bases now. I mean, I know the Kentucky fan base really well. I know the little bit the Louisville one more than a lot of UK fans, but not totally. I think you know them both. Why are can why do you think Louisville fans I think they are less like they don't follow the details of it as much. Do you agree? And why do you think that is? Oh. Oh yeah. I mean even some of my good friends that I know are sports nuts. They still don't they're like, don't tell me this story. What's going on with that? And it's something I've been following for weeks and months. And it's been a big story and almost burnt in my world. It's not even touched them in theirs. Louisville fans are, um, are event-driven, uh, and they love the event. It's not necessarily the sports. They still love basketball because they, they, you know, that was what identified the school for so long. Um, and lately, football and, and whatever, the, the other sports now. But they're event-driven fans. 
Um, and I just think that Louisville, they're a different beast. Uh, who, who made that to a distinction? It was like Louisville's the wine and cheese, and Kentucky is the beer and pretzels. I think that's um, true. I, I mean, but Louisville's also got – you all also have a whole nother like, DJ – part of it you know you've got like also the let's get down at the club fans as well but that's part of what you're saying though it's like an event group it's an event i mean football and basketball is an event and we we discussed this the other day like why do you all get dolled up to go to the game like why (laughs) you know because it's a party it's a party right it's a party it's a party and then the game is there i mean uh we, we still got a long way to go with with football uh, to be an actual football, you know, an event is about the football, you know. Yeah, that'll never uh, but, happen for you all. But uh, and the best. <laughs> well, let me ask you about the other. Let me ask you about the Louisville, like the 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 circus around there. I mean, you know, all right, leave aside the basketball stuff, which we really haven't heard anything about in three or four months in terms of the the scandal. Mm-hmm. What's your take on the? Okay, you now have two board of trustees, not sure which one's in charge. Ramsey, like, embarrasses the whole world on his way out, still in charge of the foundation. What's your take on all that madness? Well, you know, when they when they switched over and Junior was running the show, I was like, okay, fine, they're making decisions to sleep we're moving forward with these 10 guys. And then in the middle of that, you know, they, Bevan came back, or, or I'm sorry, Bashir came back and wiped them out, and then now we've got to get these new guys in. And that's when I lost it. And I, I made this analogy. I told the story of 10, 15 years ago, I had a coworker. His name was Bob O'Reilly. We had gone out in the Fox van, and we had been drinking. We wrecked the van. We got into a fight. Um, we, it, it was, by the way, there's, it was great, like all, there's a, by the way, there's a lot of great behavior there in a row. You've been drinking, you get in a van, right. you get in a fight, yes. like really nice yes. job there, Tony. And, right. We wrecked the van. It was crazy. So it was like all this crap. We pissed off a client. It was just one thing after another. So we got our story straight. We're going back and forth and we go in to meet with our, our, our boss and we go and sit down and we start to tell our spiel and we have got it down. Like what happened? Why it's not our fault? Whatever, yada, yada. And he just, we start talking, and he goes, shut up, shut up. I don't care what happened. Fix it. Like, he just (laughs) said, and get out. He said, get out, get out. And we were like, what? He said, I don't care. Fix it. Now get out. And that was the meeting. And I think Louisville fans are to that point. When they wiped out the new board and put the old board back in, Louisville fans just threw their hands up and went, okay, that's it. I'm, we don't care what you all are doing. Just fix it. Like, we're, st- we're tired of following these details of who's in charge yeah. and whose side. You know, it's just one of those, you know, who's got, you know. It's I can understand that. that. That actually makes sense to me. I can see having that, that viewpoint, actually. That, you know, because – like you can sit there and get down into well, does Bevan have authority to do that? Did he follow the law? Was the old board correct? Was the new board correct? Blah blah. At the end of the right. day, at the end of the day, what the Louisville fans I think wanted was Ramsey gone, and can we turn the page? Am I right about that? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how you I mean, get and how no you get there is irrelevant in some ways. Right. It's like we don't care. And now we were really interested of how it broke. The system broke down. And now you've worn us out. We don't even care anymore. Just fix it and let's get that dark cloud over Floyd Street away so we can move on. We're still in limbo. Uncertainty is just awful. Well, and the dark cloud on the basketball, though, is still not. When, when are you hearing? When, when are they going to, like, say something? Like, wh- where, where are we, we on that? Again, we all say this. 
if somebody tells you it's going to be a certain time, they don't know. It's it's they don't know. But best guess now. Remember, it was August. Yeah, it now used to be November. August. Is, is right, it November? Now it's November. Because I yeah, yeah you, they would always say August, and so now they're going to November. Well, that gets you into the season. I mean, that's not you don't you, you, people can't love that, right? No, no, it's not. And I think that at some point, do you become North Carolina to where? Remember, North Carolina was just like wringing their hands for the longest time, and then they just finally said, we don't even care anymore. We're just going to play basketball. And, that, and that's what they did. And their fans moved on, and their fans stopped wringing their hands and yelling at their coach. And everyone sort of just came together and said, okay, whatever the NCAA is going to do, they're going to do. we got to move on. Yeah, and I think that's probably uh, where we're headed. It's amazing, though. It's gotten so quiet. And, and you know, you, you knew about how much people would tell me stuff. They've all sort of shut up. What do you think made that happen? Uh, I think they don't know anything. I yeah, think well, that that they true, interviewed yeah. Rick, and they just don't – there is no information. There is no – and with the board now doing all that, now no one's telling anybody anything because who are they going to tell? There's <laughs> nobody, 17 people in play. Nobody knows who's in charge. So, uh, you know, no. I went to the two political conventions, and it was a circus. What is, what's your take on all that's gone on? It looks like in the last couple weeks – Donald Trump may have given away any chance he had at winning. What's your take on all of it? Uh, I, I think what is, uh, I think the it was like, here are the amateurs and here are the professionals. And the Clintons are professional campaigners and they don't lose campaigns generally. They lost to Obama a couple of years ago in a primary. But besides that, this is what they do. Uh, and, and the other side is Donald Trump has gotten worse not better and they don't have anybody that can ring him in you know reel him in and i'm telling you what's damning and what's killing him i'm telling you at some point it won't matter what's in those emails for her because he's going to derail so bad and all these republicans that are coming out and going he cannot be the president those 50 uh national security officers former republicans and former guys that worked under bush that came out and said you know, he cannot be president. It, it's going to be a dangerous world if he is. That's, I t- can, that's rough. I think there's a lesson for people. Leave the politics out of it, okay? Because, you know, people listening to this are for both of them. It doesn't really matter. But there's a lesson about what I would call professionalism, kind of your first point. You know, when Earl, our boss, came in, he said to me in our first meeting, he was like, now, we're going to have to rein you in because we don't know what you – you just are off the handle. And I looked at him and I said, look, I give off an image of something, but at its core, I study what works, I follow a path that works, and I actually know what I'm doing. And I recently had lunch with him last week where he goes, you remember when you told me that? He was like, you were right. He goes, I should have recognized it. Donald Trump, there's nothing wrong with acting insane, but there's like a basic level of sort of political like professionalism that he just thought he could bypass and it turns out you can't right like you have to do the basics of professionalism you have to have a campaign organization in each state right you know maybe you should limit the number of interviews because you know what you might say something stupid like like there's things like that and i think you're right the clinton group they know how to do that stuff and he hasn't well there you also can't cross you also can't cross certain lines. You cannot, uh, you cannot attack John McCain and his war record. But he did, and that, cannot, did, that didn't seem to mind. 
I think we're, uh, I mean, I think we're that's killed the most him. outrageous thing in the world. Oh, it is. And, and when you that, take that, the side of the Russian, when you take the side of Putin over your own president, <laughs> even the staunch crazies were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Here's whoa. where I think you don't you, take the Russian. Here's where I think you really screwed up, Tony. There's an expectation by people that if you're in the public sphere, you're going to get criticized. But then he went after that family that wasn't in the public sphere. You know what I mean? Like that was like oh, one yeah. let he went after these this family of this military kid and it's like okay that's a step I honestly think we'll look back and that's when he lost the election. Is is right there. I think that or at least when it started going downhill. Well, and look, everyone hates politically correct. You and I hate that I because do. we yes. have to tone down our shows. Yeah. But you can't go, the pendulum can't go all the way. Trump can't be the guy that represents the no PC. That's, that's, not, that's not the direction you want. We're all against DC, but that can't be your guy. <laughs> yeah, because he, he crosses it a little, bit, uh, a little bit further. Are you ready for football season to start? Like, is Louisville going to be good? I can't wait. And Louisville is going to be good. I mean, they're, they're going to be good. But Kentucky's going to be really, Kentucky's gonna be really good, though, right, Tony? I mean, you know that. Like, like it's this. This is Kentucky's year, right? <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna slug it out. They're gonna, they're gonna slug it out. Gonna, but isn't it nice? Gonna, don't you enjoy the fact that every year we talk ourselves into this is going to be the year? Isn't there some nobility I, in that? Yes, yes, there is. We talked about this the other day. Yes, there is. You guys get back on board right in September. You're like, let's go, cat. You show up, you put your mattress shorts on, you cap the keg, you get on out there, and you're thinking, yes, baby, this year, here's what we're going to do. And after the second series, you're like, what? What happened? Look, you're, are, what are you, are you going to come to the Southern Miss game? I mean, you realize that Southern Miss game is going to be something else. Because if they win, then we're all going to be all in. But if they lose, like it's going to be the saddest environment in the United States of America. Look, I, th- look, I called the Western game years ago, and you thought I was nuts. You said, what are you talking about? This year, I will tell you, Kentucky will beat Southern Miss. They won't lose to Southern Miss. I know the two best offensive players are on their side. Or two, two, you know, at least one, uh, but they are—they are not going to win. You're—you're you're healthy. You're—I mean, you have the running back core. You're going to win that game, but it's going to be a better game than than, uh, than you want it to be. So we are going to win. You promise me. You will win that game. Kentucky will beat Southern Miss. It will the the the, the yes on paper it kind of looks like Southern Miss will be better. They lost a lot from last year. They, they got the running they back and the quarterback back, but it's not the same. Well, listen, Tony Vanetti, it's always great to have you here, and then we're going to get back on our, our normal uh, schedule. And uh, I'm looking forward to the Lexington TV market getting to see Tony. I mean, I said <laughs> – I'll be honest with you. I said to my, they, I said to my boss at, uh, at WLAX, he was like, should we – you know, why are you so pro Tony Vanetti? Because I insisted that you would be on it occasionally. And I was mm-hmm. like, look, thank you. here's the thing. First of all, we have great chemistry. I was like, he and I have dynamic chemistry. And secondly, I said, what is your all's, like, what's the big demographic for TV? And a lot of it is like 35 to 65-year-old women, right? Like, that's a big TV watching group. And I said, that is Tony Vanetti's wheelhouse. I was like, those women fluctuate between Vince Gill and him, and they can't decide which one they like more. So I'm just telling you, like, those are the women that will love Tony Vanetti. 
I'm going to bring that demo home for you, buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tony. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take just a minute here to take a break to tell you about Vistaprint. You've heard me talk about Vistaprint for a couple years, and the reason why is because it's a great product, and it's one a lot of you have bought. It is the business cards from Vistaprint, 500 of them for $9.99. If you need business cards or any other type of, you know, an invitation or some kind of stationery, whatever you want to like for your business or for you personally, Vistaprint is the way to go. You can design them online, then they will deliver them to you, $9.99. You cannot beat that. And Vistaprint.com guarantees that you'll like it. If you don't like it, they'll make sure they'll fix it for you in a way that uh, has it the way you want it. Everywhere I go, including today, everywhere I go, somebody comes up to me and says, hey, you know what? I bought, the, uh, I bought these cards from Vistaprint. They hand me one, and they always look great. I had a political candidate hand them to me. If it's a business, a personal business, whatever, you can get them all at Vistaprint. And right now, they are, of course, a sponsor of this podcast, and so we always uh, want to specifically give them credit here. So Vistaprint.com, 500 business cards for $9.99 from Vistaprint. The key is use the promo code MATT. That helps the podcast, M-A-T-T. The promo code is MATT. That helps the podcast, vistaprint.com, 500 promo code MATT. Frizz turns into the dominant storyline leading up to the Olympics, and it's all people talk about. And it's just this endless news cycle of how badly things are going or behind schedule or terrorism, you know, whatever the issue of the day is. And then the games start, and people sort of retreat into the Olympics bubble mostly, and things just sort of go on and they happen. Now, look, there have been logistical issues here, nothing that is, like, terribly, you know, awful, small inconveniences for, for the people on the ground here, but that's not a big deal. You know, you've had the sort of embarrassing story with the, with the pool and turning green for, for diving, and that's not a major issue. It does sort of speak to just a little bit of the preparation stuff. Um, but in terms of the, the quote, scary stuff, uh, the one thing that's happened, and it is sort of unnerving, was uh, a media bus was, was shot at. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe it was, I don't know if it was intentional, unintentional, but now the IOC is saying it wasn't a bullet and it was a rock. Um, I actually took that same bus route yesterday to get to uh, the field hockey venue, and, I mean, it does go right by and through a very sort of rough looking area and you can you know i don't know I, I did see a heavy military presence there yesterday sort of patrolling up and down the street um but i look i don't care what the ioc says that was a bullet uh if you look at the pictures that could not have been done by iraq i i don't think um especially going into a bus that's you know driving on a highway uh that's unnerving i mean and, and it is indicative of the fact that the violence problems in some neighborhoods and in sort of the slum areas of, of Rio is a real problem. But in terms of just your general security, you know, day-to-day, I haven't really seen uh, or heard or felt any danger. Um, and then the Zika thing, you know, it's, it's winter down here. I mean, that was always going to be the case, the mosquito thing. You know, frankly, they're, they're more prevalent, I think, in Florida right now than they are here. I've seen, like, maybe one or two mosquitoes in the week that I've been here. I still put on some bug spray just as a precaution, but I don't. I, I haven't heard any reports of people like coming down with Zika. You know, that's interesting. I guess it didn't even occur to me that it would be winter right now, and that that would not be nearly as much of an issue. You know, it, I'm always interested in how 
cities in big events present themselves versus the realities of the city. So Rio de Janeiro is a very poor and in parts of it violent city, but I would assume absent your routes to the arena, you're not in any of those areas as part of Olympic events. Am I right about that? Right. Now you have to understand the setup. There's a big Olympic park and there's the main media center there and that's where you have the tennis. It's where you have uh, all the sports pretty much that are played inside the arenas. That's where you've got swimming, um, you know, basketball, the velodrome. Uh, you know, most of, of it is within this Olympic Park. And, and when you're in the Olympic Park, I mean, honestly, it could be anywhere in the world, other than where you sort of see you know, the mountains and, and the real topography around you, which is spectacular. You know, that, that set of venues could be anywhere. And, and, yes, you feel very much like you're in a bubble. You're not really part of the city at that point. It's, it's a city unto itself. Uh, and, you know, frankly, when you're covering the Olympics, most of the time you spend is within that bubble. I mean, people, and again, I'm not, this isn't a complaint, but covering the Olympics is a grind. It's not a, a like a glamorous sort of thing because, you know, you, you just, you wake up, you get on a bus, you, you go to your venue, you're there all day, you're working, um, you know, you grab food while you can, and you, you're just going, going, going all day long, you know, and then you get back at night and you sleep. And so, you know, I, one of the nights I've been here, I ventured out and had dinner at a real restaurant and that kind of thing. Um, but for the most part, you're in that bubble and, and whatever problems are going on in the city, you just don't, you don't really see. Yeah. So like, all right, so tell me how one goes about covering, I mean, I'm, the Olympics. All right. So are you, do you have a lot of, like, are you assigned sports to cover? Are you going and looking for the story? I mean, you mentioned you went, and went to field hockey. Well, if you were in America, unless you go looking for it, you're not going to see a lot of field hockey. So how does, how does Dan get up every morning and decide where you're going and what you're doing? Right. So USA Today Sports has a pretty massive operation um, at every Olympics because it's really one of our signature franchises just as a news organization. I think we have 60 total people here uh, for USA Today, and that includes, you know, photographers and uh, people doing producing the videos and editors who, uh, you know, are, are here on site. Um, but it's a pretty massive operation. And so some of us have assigned beats, like Nicole Auerbach, her beat is swimming. She okay. is showing up at swimming every single day. Um, Rachel Axon, who is with us, she's doing gymnastics every single day. Uh, Paul Meyerberg is doing track and field. And they also covered, like, the preliminaries, the, tri- the U.S. trials at home. So for them, it's, it's, it, was, it was more of a process that included other things this, this year leading up to the Olympics. For me, I was sort of assigned just, just general assignments. So my job is, is you know, just day-to-day Things are, are going to pop up. Um, whatever our editor, our Olympic editor, thinks we need to be at, if there's an American who looks like they may medal or get a gold medal in a particular sport that we're not covering on a day-to-day basis, they, they may send me out there to, to deal with that. Like the field hockey thing, you know, they were sort of an afterthought coming into the Olympics because they finished last in, in, uh, in London. And so they actually beat two teams, the two, number two and number three team in the world in the, uh, in the, the pool play. So they actually are in an unbelievable position. So I just was sort of there to gather stuff to do a story when they get into the knockout round to sort of why they're good now. So, 
Uh, today I'm at, I'm at judo. Uh, I've been at fencing. I've been at swimming. So our editor just deploys me sort of wherever I'm needed or wherever we need a, a, just a, a one-off. Um, but some of us have, you know, do have beats that they're, they're at every day. So it's an interesting mix, but you know, basically between all of us, we, we, you know, we tend to get a lot of different things. And then also, yeah, I mean, if I have an idea or hear about something that it might be interesting, um, I can. I have the freedom to pursue it. All right. So I, you've already get brought three things up that I've watched a little bit. So I want to ask you about them. First of all, you say you're at judo now. I feel like one of the things I enjoy about the Olympics is I watch these sports I don't know and then try to figure them out. So I had some time this weekend. I watched a decent amount of judo. Dan, I don't know how they score. I, first of all, I don't know. They wear those outfits that seem to get in the way because they grab and then they end up untied and it just seems to get in the way. But more specifically, I do not know how they score. And I've watched three or four matches and I still don't know. So give me the, the begin. Like, what is happening in those judo matches besides flipping over? How do they score? No, you're asking the wrong person. Like, okay, I've okay. watched them <laughs> okay. for a few days too. And, and it look, they all look to me kind of like my five-year-old nephew when like he gets – really rambunctious and, and wants to fight me or think he can, like, take me down. And, you know, he'll just, like, run into my legs and, like, you know, start, like, trying to wrestle me and hit on me. I mean, basically, to me, it just looks like roughhousing. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, there is an art to it. There is a technical side to it. Um, and there is a scoring side to it. I just haven't necessarily figured that out. But the thing about it is, for most of these sports and a lot of these things that I'm covering, I don't think you need a great technical understanding of what's happening because what you're writing about and for the audience who really cares about the olympics is not the sports themselves it's it's the people involved the backstories of the people and and the americans winning medals yes that's what they care about so, and then they're winning so it they want did they win one in judo or they're about to win? i think i read like well so so kayla harrison um is uh the American, and she's in the semifinals, which, uh, as we're recording this, it's before the semifinals, so it's going this afternoon. And she won it in 2012, and she's probably going to win it or she's going to lose to the Brazilian in the finals. Um, so she is probably going to retire after this and move into, um, you know, like UFC fighting, and that's, what, that's the word on the street. And she was like a sparring partner with Ronda Rousey. Okay. She was actually sexually abused as a young girl. So there's like a whole backstory, you know, there. So that's what you focus on, not necessarily, you know, what she did technically to win the matches. Yeah, well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know that. Let's talk. I think the, the story of the early part of the games, at least in America, has been swimming and Michael Phelps and Katie Ledecky, et cetera. You know, watching these, the backstory, I mean, all the trash talking between – uh, the Lily King with the Russian girl and then Michael Phelps with the guy. I mean, I feel like swimming, there's, at least in America, the energy here. I mean, people have been talking about it everywhere. It has really translated. Is it like that in Brazil where swimming is kind of at the first half of the games the main thing, or is that just the American thing because we're really good at swimming? Well, partly it's the American thing, and it's definitely one of the signature sports and always has been. For the American audience, and and yes, I mean when you look, you know, when you look at social media at night, everyone's watching it. But you know, honestly, like I found a little bit of that when I was doing fencing a couple days ago. I was covering an American who was who was uh, going for a gold medal, and you know, all of a sudden, like people on my timeline on Twitter are like are talking about it fencing, and yeah. really excited about <laughs> yeah. fencing. Yeah, you know, so part of it is just that, but uh, you know, 
it, it's hard when you're on the ground to get a sense of what people are talking about and what they're thinking about because there's so many venues and so many sports going on all at once. You know, you just can't like whatever sport you're in that day, that's what you're in. That's what, that's what you're focusing on. And you just don't have a great sense of what's going on around you. Like without social media, I wouldn't have a freaking clue what's going yeah. on in another place. And, and where you are, I would think, Dan, like the people are really into it there. You know what I mean? So, like, fencing may seem like the biggest thing in the world in that building. Is that right? Yeah, well, in a lot of these smaller sports, what you get is, you know, a very specific crowd. Like, a lot of friends and family, you know, or if there's a Brazilian, in, you know, the arena is full of Brazilians, you know, rooting on their person. So that's what you tend to get a lot of at the Olympics. Um, you know, I think basketball would be a little different just because, you know, you're, you're talking about superstars, you know. And, uh, you know, I was at the Serena Williams tennis match the other night when she lost covering that. And, you know, that's a little different because she's an international icon. And, you know, so people go out to watch that. And it's a different, it's a different vibe than what you get at, at, at judo or fencing when the audience is very specific. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that with superstars. Okay, so the basketball guys are clearly superstars. Serena Williams is a superstar. Now we've got golf starting. Those guys, some of them are are kind of superstars. In your personal opinion, does that add or take away to it? I think it's actually kind of come out that it's almost an amazingly perfect mix because you get the fencer and the judo person that we don't know but we learn for two weeks. But then I can also see – you know, Serena uh, and the golfers and DeMarcus Cousins and Kevin Durant, et cetera. Do, what do you think on that? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, it, it definitely is a something people debate every four years, you know, should we send our, you know, Olympic team in basketball and all under 23 or under 25? I mean, I think there's merits to that as well. But there is something just there is a cachet to having Kevin Durant here. Yeah. You know, there's just something about it that, that – Give the Olympics a little something extra, or in, in tennis, that you have Novak Djokovic, and he lost, but um, you know, but he was here, and and you know, in golf, I mean, Bubba Watson, Ricky Fowler, and you know, there is something. It it, it just is an element to it that uh, makes it a little bit different, and and makes it kind of exciting, and and yeah, I mean, it draw it definitely draws people out, and I don't think it takes away from the others. I, mean, I don't I either. It, yeah, I don't if, it was a, if it was a if it was a negative, and it, it took all the attention away from the other sports, I, I would maybe feel differently. But the truth is, you know, in some ways, like the tennis is sort of, you don't, when you're on the ground here, you don't feel like, oh yeah, everyone's clamoring to get a ticket to tennis, you know, to, to see Novak Djokovic. Um, it's just one of, you know, 20 things going on at once. And uh, so it's kind of cool. But, you know, that Del Potro-Djokovic match was awesome. And you could tell those guys cared. And I do think there's something kind of neat about watching multimillionaires really care about this. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I think the USA team, even, uh, basketball team, even though they, they didn't, uh, you know, dominate Australia last night, I mean, they're still in full play. It's not the knockout round. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think they've got another gear. But – those guys care. I yes, mean, it's not they like do. They're not, they're not playing hard or not trying. I mean, they have some challenges because they don't play together all the time. And, you know, it's, it's, it's some of these other national teams have more experience playing together. Um, you know, they, they run, you know, maybe a little more complex offense. But you know, I, I think anyone who takes the time and effort to go through the camps, 
or intend us to make the trip down here, uh, they're not doing it just to sort of go through the motions. Why, why would you do that? It's, it's too much of a hassle. Like, the ones who want to be here want to be here. And um, I think they, they play hard. And, and you know, for, for, I don't know why Serena didn't have it. She just didn't. Maybe she's injured. I'm not sure. But I, I don't get the sense that anyone comes down here just to show up. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you on that. Let's let's talk about second for the basketball team. I watched that uh, USA-Australia game, and I agree with you. I think they have another gear. But, I mean, this team, the, the problem is the, the great inter- – like, like the great Spanish team is not here totally. They kind of aged out. But I think this team could lose, right? Or do you disagree? No, they could. I mean, it's not a, a perfect or even, you know, one of the best – Team USA Olympic teams that we've seen, not even close. Um, you know, they've got some holes, and they've been in foul trouble. You know, they seem like they've had trouble adjusting to the officiating. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's different It's different rules. And, you know, and also the other thing with, with them and just sort of the way they're constructed, basically all they're trying to do on offense is, is space the floor, and then, you know, the other teams are going to, you know, choose who they want to guard, and essentially someone's going to be open, and they're going to try to dictate, you know, it's, it's a pick-your-poison type thing. And, and whoever, because of the kind of players they've got, like whoever's got that first open shot is going to take it. You know, they're not running like some, you know, complex set or you know, do, having a lot of movement away from the ball or anything like that, as opposed to a team like Australia, which is, you know, they, they clearly played together before. They're, they're trying to outthink you. They're, you know, running back screens. They're running, you know, rub screens. And, you know, you know very interesting, complicated uh, sets. Lithuania is another team that plays that way. It, that's just not the way the USA is going to play, and they haven't had time to, to play that way, and that's fine. Um, the USA is still going to win, almost certainly win the gold medal, but um, they, they're not, they're not going to be as dominant as they've been, and you know that's okay. I think it makes it interesting. Yeah, I do too, and it's also interesting. So for years, you would hear, okay, international basketball is more about perimeter shooting, et cetera. You know, that was that was always the take. Now the NBA, in like the last two to three years, has become this space and pace stuff. And what I noticed in that Australia game is the physicality almost seemed to annoy the Americans a little bit. Like they were, Australia was very physical, and it was almost like now international basketball has become the more physical of the games than how the NBA is played now, or do you disagree? Well, it speaks to the officiating. And, you know, in the NBA, you can't use your hands. They, they call it, you know, pretty tight. Um, and, you know, players sort of adjust, and, and it has opened up the NBA game. Uh, I think the international game is, is, you know, inherently a little bit differently spaced because of the, the lane being wider. That's true. Um, yeah, that's but, a good point. Uh, you know, but... The, the physicality, there's no question. I mean, the, the officiating is something the United States has had trouble with, and they, it's gotten under their skin a little bit, the, the physicality. And, you know, Australia's, they've got, they've got some chippy guys anyway. I mean, you get, you know, Bogut and Belavidova. You know, they're, they're, they're known up in the NBA as being pretty chippy uh, players. So uh, it definitely frustrated them a little bit. But, uh, you know, they, they also just had trouble defending their actions, you know, yeah. and, and uh, Australia scored 90-something points. So, uh, if they meet again for the gold medal, I mean, I think U.S. would win, but I, I, w- I would not mind seeing that game again. It's interesting, and wait till I mean, you know, Australia's just a few years away from getting Ben Simmons, uh, Thon Maker, 
um, you know, who I'm uh, De- De- Dante Exum. I mean, Australia in a couple of years will actually have a really good basketball team, maybe. Well, and so could uh, so could Canada. Yes, so they could. Yeah, they didn't qualify for this Olympics, but you start looking ahead to, to twenty twenty. You know, with uh, Wiggins and Tristan Thompson, Jamal Murray, um, former and, cat. You know, they've yeah. had a, a bunch. Jamal Murray, absolutely. I mean, they've got a great young you know group of players. So I think you look ahead to twenty twenty. Uh, the, the competition with Australia, Canada, and the United States would be much. I think much more competitive than it is now. Let me get your take. I know you got some stuff to do, but a couple other things. Do you think Michael Phelps? I mean, it's kind of now being said almost, you know, just like it's fact. Is Michael Phelps the greatest Olympian of all time? I mean, he's got obviously got the most medals, but also he's in a sport where there's a lot more events. Do you think he's the greatest Olympian of all time? I think it's a very compelling case uh, because the longevity uh, of his career in the Olympics for a swimmer, especially it's just so hard to, to still be this good at his age, you know, and, and to have the desire at some point, because once you've won a certain number of medals or, and, and basically done everything you can possibly do in the sport, when you have a four year break in between Olympics, the amount of commitment it takes to keep yourself at that level without the big prize every single year to, to shoot for, I would have a hard time just keeping that tape up. But he, he for whatever reason, um, you know, came back and decided to give this one more try, and he's still at the, the very, very, very top of the sport. I think that's a hard thing to, to argue against when you talk about, you know, because most great Olympians have maybe two, maybe three, maybe. I mean, he's done this now four times. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and then you, you uh, yeah, he's going to do it for like the woman who won the bike race yesterday. And by the way, the two cycling races to start. Did you get to watch any of those, the men's and women's, the the day where they went six hours? Those first two I days. I haven't. No, the, I wasn't able to watch. I wasn't able to watch the cycling. Yeah, I mean it was unbelievable, and I I like cycling more than most people, but it was something else. All right, so going into the weekend and the second week, give people watching at home, you know, besides say watching Usain Bolt. Give them a couple things that maybe they ought to keep their eye on. You've sort of looked into going into it that folks should focus on that might be good storylines for that people may not know. Well, I, I would definitely look at field hockey. I mean, frankly, that's a pretty fun sport to watch. And, you know, it's one of those where in the Northeast in the United States, you know, everybody's got a high school field hockey team. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I think that, that this women's uh, field hockey team, you know, they could sort of be a little bit like the U.S. women's soccer team, you know, in that they're, you know, they're, they're kind of spunky and fun. And, you know, the sport is really fun to watch. I, the first time really for me watching it yesterday, and I thought it was a pretty compelling watch. And, you know, it's a, it's a speed game. It's, it's basically it's, it's hockey without the ice, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, they're in position to maybe win a very unexpected medal. Um, so, you know, and then obviously next week you get track and field going. And that's that's going to be huge. Um, the boxing, you know, is uh, I think always sort of interesting. It's you know, weird boxing. boxing debuted last. They like the last time they had boxing, like the last Olympics, there was like a channel that was just boxing, and I have not seen a boxing match. And I flipped it around looking for it. Is it? Is it? Are we? Have we just sort of gotten to the point that we just don't act like the boxing happens? I mean, it's weird. Like you can't literally find a match on in America. 
Well, you know, they, they don't actually start giving out medals in boxing until, uh, until tomorrow. And uh, so I really, they're, in fact, they haven't even started, I don't think. I don't know they have started with some of their preliminaries. Um, but, I, you know, the boxing will, will get going, you know, middle of next week. You know, the heavyweight uh, final is, mo- is Monday. Um, so I, I think that could be, you know, sort of depending on what storylines emerge, you know, on the U.S. side, that, that could be one. And then, um, you know, uh, gymnastics, uh, gymnastics and swimming are the two that just register the most with the American public. Uh, and obviously, you know, Simone Biles going for, for the all-around goal tonight on, uh, on Thursday is, is a, a big deal. So, um, you know, they've got some more events next weekend. But, you know, those would be the two. I mean, you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know. The, the other one's wrest- you know, wrestling starts next week. Yes, which they were going to get rid of, and now they're still yeah. now they're still doing, which is which is good. Let me ask you for before I let you go. Overall, is covering the Olympics a good experience? Do you like it? Do you look forward to oh, it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's there's nothing like it, and it's not. You know, here's the thing: is like if you're covering college football and you're covering the BCS or the College Football Championship game, you know, the truth is they put you in a nice hotel. Um, they book conferences right to you they make it really easy you know you go out at night and and have a dinner and drink wine this is not this is this is hard work i mean you're you're grinding for two straight weeks every day long days you're spending time a lot of time on buses you're not staying at the marriott marquee it's you know very sort of sparse accommodations a lot of the reporting it's not handed to you on a plate you got to go you know beat the bushes for it, but it is the most rewarding and fun thing. Um, I'm, by the end of it, I'll be tired. I'll be ready to go home, uh, but it's a cool deal, and there's just nothing like it in the world. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dan Wolken from USA Today. We will continue to look at uh, the stuff and enjoy it. I'm very jealous. I would love to be down there, and thanks for taking the time to chat with us. All right, Matt. See you.